G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Bianca Spears is a laughter leader and award-winning empowerment coach who helps leaders to better navigate stress and find peace through what she terms neuroplasticity. She also co-runs online programs that help people overcome chronic stress and illness through a variety of brain retraining methods, including laughter therapy. Don't worry, this podcast is not all about laughter. I know it can be awkward for some people to think about laughing in front of other people. And some of you might be thinking, how could you have an hour-long podcast just talking about laughter? But we really dive into the depth of it and cover so many different areas. In this episode, we discuss Bianca's fascination from where medicine and science meet the supernatural and previously, quote-unquote, impossible. We discuss why you don't need to rewire your brain to feel better, and we discuss why you do need to rewire your brain to change habits. Bianca opens up about her own experience with burnout last year. She talks about what caused it, how it felt, and how she overcame it. So if you have experienced burnout or you feel like you are going to experience burnout, this can be a very challenging time, not just because of all the physical, emotional, mental challenges but just having the vulnerability to actually get support for it. And Bianca shares how she went through the experience, which I really feel will be highly valuable to a lot of people. So stay tuned. That's right towards the end. And of course, we dive into laughter wellness and laughter therapy. What it is, what's happening with your feel-good hormones and your stress hormones when we laugh, how it's used to overcome chronic stress and illness, and how you can overcome the awkwardness of laughter to use it as an empowering tool in holistic health and well-being. As I said, I love this chat with Bianca. She's just got a great understanding of the science and physiology behind our actions, our intentions, and our thoughts. And as you long-time listeners know, I'm addicted to that sort of stuff, and so you should be too, because that's how we create the life that we truly desire and deserve, is by understanding ourselves at that deeper level. After the recording, I did a bonus question with Bianca on Instagram Live, and it included childbirth and laughter. So that's now available on my Instagram page to watch at, at Brett Robbo Coach. And I can tell you now, as a father and a husband who sat beside my gorgeous wife for the birth of our two beautiful children, I found it very interesting how she utilized this approach. And if you like a good challenge, stay tuned to the end of this episode for Bianca's mission of getting more than 2 million people involved and hear how I'm accepting that challenge and listen to the fun strategies that I'm bringing into it as well. You can follow Bianca on Instagram at Bianca.Spears and her website with all the courses and coaching details and more information about her at BiancaSpears.com. And please remember, if you get value from this podcast, I'd be super grateful if you shared it with anyone else that you know will gain value from it as well so we can continue to create more impact together.
Okay, now let's hear from the legend herself, Bianca Spears. Bianca, you're a coach and known for rewiring people's brains in the best way possible and you bring a bit of play to it. I read something on your website that I want to kick off with and then let you elaborate. So you said, since 2013, you've delved into trainings, workshops, retreats, and books based on creating change, neuroscience, and on the mind-body connection, among many other things. My fascination stemming from where medicine and science meet the supernatural and previously impossible. Talk to me about that. Whoa, what a question to start off with. I love it. (laughs) Um, I'm really fascinated by what people think or or used to think is impossible. Um, Neuroplasticity is something I talk about a lot where the brain, which neuroplasticity just refers to the brain's ability to change as an example. And it was thought for a long time in medicine that the brain couldn't change or learn or develop past a certain point in life, but it can. Um, I guess what I'm referring to in, in that little snippet on my website as well is things like, you know, Wim Hof, the, the breath work that he does and the supernatural quote unquote, things that he can do with his body, which obviously are of nature and are possible. Um, If you're not familiar with Wim Hof and you're listening in, he uses breathwork techniques to, um, well, calm the nervous system, to override the immune system. So he had a bunch of people that he taught his method to where he was, uh, they were injected with a particular virus and uh, using the breathwork techniques that, that he taught them rather than getting the symptoms that they should have almost immediately had, uh, they managed to come, at, come out completely fine and these were people who'd just been trained in his methods. Um, he climbed Mount Everest in a pair of, you know, pair of shorts, um, Multiple all kinds times. of things. Yeah, exactly. World records so, for underwater breath holds under the ice water. He's a machine. Yeah, um, regulating his body temperature in the ice water, yeah. Or then there's, you know, people like Sorry, Joe Spencer. I'm just going to stop there. What, what yeah. I just said, he's not a machine. He's evident of what you're saying, that he's human, and that's what he keeps proving, <laughs> that do these methods. It's nothing inhumane about it. It's what we are capable of as human beings. Sorry, continue mm. on with uh, the breathing is uh, – I love it. I'm, I'm a breathing coach as well, so the, the most of the listeners should be very aware of the power of the breath, but it's, it's awesome to hear you connecting all of this. And I heard you say Joe Dispenza. He's one of my favourites. Yeah, I mean, Joe Dispenza, you know, healing the body through the power of the mind and um, just so many, so many different things I've read over the years that you think like, how would that work? That's awesome. Like, that's so cool that people can heal themselves that way or that they can, you know, rid themselves of phantom pain through looking in a mirror and imagining that that hand is actually there <laughs> or whatever it is that I've seen in documentaries or read about in books and in, it was in 2013, actually, I was living in Melbourne and I went to a workshop that was very fairly basic. It was about, you know, our limited self and our higher self and started to get me into the personal development world. And I remember just thinking as I learned about, you know, the powers of our unconscious mind, the power of our intuition, 
Uh, I was at this workshop with total strangers who were able to tell me things about my childhood or my personality or my gifts and strengths and talents who I didn't know a couple of hours ago, but they were bang on because they were using their intuition. And that's something that even to this day, I don't think my partner fully understands. <laughs> He's like, how could, how could people do that? And I'm like, I can't really explain it. The information is there. We're taught through our lives to be tuned out to that information. So we're not receiving it. We're not tapping into it. And therefore we think it's impossible because, you know, seeing is believing or experiencing is believing. So there's just so many things that science is catching up with and so many other things that I believe are possible that science hasn't come to yet. Uh, And the biggest thing that happened to me at that workshop was going, what? I felt almost angry, like outraged, like why? Why are we not being taught this in schools? Why are we not being taught about our own minds, about our own bodies, about our own emotions, which we're using every single day, but we're learning about ancient Greek history. We're learning about, um, you know, formulas in math that none of us can recall, you know, (laughs) who've been out of school for more than 10 years. We're learning about all these other things or world wars or things. And I'm not saying these things aren't important or valuable, but day-to-day basics of our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, our bodies, I think that should be taught, right? Absolutely. How to operate as human beings. And that's the the challenge with all of us that we come out of school and go through education, unless we've got parents who are educated in that space, then we go through without being exposed to it and then wonder why the world is so challenging when we don't know how to navigate our meat suits that we get around in (laughs) from an emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, physiological, neurological perspective. So it it kind of adds to the challenges. Just want to go back to the neuroplasticity. Yes. You, so that talking about the, the ability for the brain to, be able to be, uh, it's malleable, it's not fixed. Mm -hmm. So when we look at mindsets in in that way as well, and, you know, Carol Dweck has popularised fixed and growth mindsets, with Mm -hmm. thinking about everybody uh, listening and and your experience, is it possible to have a fixed mindset and uh, go through significant change to be able to, kind of believe and see what you're talking about there in t- terms of, you know, intuition and understanding uh, how we navigate life from a from a deeper perspective? Or do we need to shift out of the fixed mindset first to be able to come into that space of growth? Yeah, interesting question. So I think that sometimes people want to stay. Their brain has changed, their belief has changed, <laughs> but they want to stay with their old one. As an example, I was talking to my dad, I don't know, about a week ago. He frequently has the um, technology turn itself on and off, particularly his TV in his house, and he's had that for about uh, 10, 11 years. The conversation we were having was that he'd spoken to his neighbour who spends a lot of time overseas and realised that his neighbour's wife had died about 10 or 11 years ago. And he was like, oh, that's probably the the spirit that's here and he was saying to me like oh I'm not supposed to believe in all this stuff and I was like yeah but clearly you do (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, so it literally um, turns itself on. When you were saying that, I thought he yeah. had the the electronics from the phone and so when you're driving up or you can talk to, you know, all the systems that are in place to be able to turn your fire on when you're not at home and things like that. But you mean spiritually there's things going on in the house. Yes, yeah, spiritually. So my my dad's partner and her father and her relatives, when they've stayed there, they've said, oh, like there's a female like entity here mm. um and they're more a little i guess a little more tuned in or spiritual than my dad claims to be and and he's had other stories that he's told me as well about you know playing with ouija boards and different things that have happened when he was younger and uh stuff that again can't really be explained if you don't believe in spirits and ghosts um uh, yet he he still um, wants to stay true to that. Like I don't believe in that stuff, mm. but he can't mm. deny because it. it's not just one TV. It's been several TVs over the years. Yeah, sure. It's not just one thing. Like oh, that's faulty. Um, we had actually had experiences like that uh, in our house growing up, and there was one room in particular, my brother's room, and he would wake up and the bed would be across the other side of the hall. There would be things hidden. Oh my uh, goodness. Stereos and TVs would often come on, and it wasn't until we got a bit older and Mum told us, and she said, "Yeah, there's there's definitely spirits in here. Like some of the things that you kids uh, haven't been exposed to. And why do you think that? Why do you think your kids were fighting about when toys were gone missing, and both of you didn't uh, admit to it? We knew what was going on. So I'm, I'm a believer through experience. <laughs> yeah, and I guess bringing that back around to what you said about the brain." Um, the, the neuroplasticity, some people think about rewiring your brain and, you know, I've spoken about it for years as a coach. And then in the last, I guess, two years, especially I've gone right into more of the neuroscience stuff and started to understand much, much more. But, um, people think it's hard. Like people think that it's, that it's got to be some magic thing to rewire your brain or to create some change, some physical change in your brain and, and it's not through listening to this podcast you're learning things you're um, making decisions about beliefs that you have about all the stuff we've talked about so far uh, and your brain is changing the change for long term if you're wanting to change say a habit yes the the neurocircuitry needs to be worked on for you to change create those kinds of changes but um, as far as the fixed fixed and growth mindset i think i think it changes but people kind of jump back on the <laughs> do you believe that people want to stay in that fixed kind of mindset because it's comfortable it's what they know and when we when we stay with what we know it's generally from past experiences and and that's the way that we're conditioned in society as opposed to you know the presence and then the belief and the visions and the kind of manifestation of the the future that we truly desire and deserve yeah, I think so. I think what you said there is right. Like it's it's conditioned into us and it's all it's safe, right? It's mm. safe. Our brain's like, you know, the ego or the or the limited self or the limbic brain, you know, that survival part of us. It wants us to be safe. So of course, saying that we know something is safe because it's like, well, checked that. That's all. That's all good um, and it's true. So, huh, like mm. <laughs> you can't prove that wrong, like I know. Um, and and beliefs can change very quickly. You know, people in loving relationships suddenly lose the trust for the person 
who they're in a relationship with who is unfaithful, uh, any number of things, someone who eats meat and realises something and changes their beliefs to vegetarian, like we can change very quickly. And, um, yeah, I think sometimes people think it's like mystical or something that it's hard to change everything. <laughs> it takes the right emotions and the right decisions and all those kinds of things to make those changes and, and mm. stick with them for sure. But uh, yeah, there's definitely events that can change our beliefs quite quickly. Yeah. I like that you said that too. And about the rewiring aspect, the literal rewiring being uh, when, you know, changing a habit, because I was listening to a, uh, I'm addicted to, to learning and growth and development. I was listening to a neurosurgeon and his beliefs around wiring. And he was saying, you know, to change beliefs and to change your emotions, there's no wiring that needs to happen and rewiring that needs to happen. That's the stuff that happens from a chemical reaction and it can happen in an instant. And when you know, mm -hmm. like yourself and I, when you kind of learn the depth of, not even the depth, the surface level of neuroplasticity and the neuroscience, the it, it makes complete sense. And so this, this, oh, it's too hard is the, you know, the shutting down and the blocking of putting someone putting themselves out there to just either change their environment or come in with an open mind. We don't have to necessarily change our belief straight away, but what if you had a clean slate and an open mind and listen to something or learn something or be exposed to an environment uh, around what you previously would have put labels on, just do it with an open mind and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think it, it's possible if you come in with an open mind versus <laughs> a closed one. <laughs> Resistance. Speaking of open-mindedness, what you're very well known for is your laughter therapy and laughter wellness. So yes. we've talked here, you, you're obviously a coach with a very deep understanding of human behavior and the neuroplasticity and everything that we talked about, breathwork, Joe Dispenza, and here you are stepping into corporate worlds or with individuals or on podcasts, sharing the abundance of value around laughter wellness. So I'd love to dive into that. What is laughter wellness? <laughs> <laughs> is that your, that, that's your laugh? No. <laughs> so what, what is, what is laughter wellness? Embrace us, please. So laughter wellness is a modality based around boosting and sustaining positive energy. So, yes, of course, there's the parts where we laugh. So we use laughter exercises that are um, designed to spark laughter. So as an example, one that I love to use at the start of a session might be silent laughter or zipper laughter. So we zip our mouth closed. We laugh with our mouth closed naturally. Do we want to do it? Yeah, please, let's do it. <laughs> you, you talk okay. through it. I will... Okay, so zip your mouth closed. <laughs> <laughs> it unzipped on its own. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what it is psychologically, but when we're told not to laugh or that we have to keep our mouth closed, it makes you want to laugh more somehow. <laughs> So that one, one there that reminded me of uh, when when the kids say or do something that you don't want them to know you're laughing and you kind of turn and you keep that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it totally. often does come out to a loud laugh. Sorry, so you use that as a kind of a warm-up exercise in workshops? Yeah, yeah. So we use laughter exercises. We use breathing exercises. 
we use what we call in laughter wellness positive reinforcements. So this could be any number of exercises where we're focused on gratitude. I love to focus on celebration and pride because I don't feel that we acknowledge all the amazing things that we're doing or even the little things that we're doing in the day enough, especially in Australia, there's the tall poppy syndrome and just globally there's the push to just strive and do the next thing and not acknowledge how far we've come. Uh, so we can focus on love. We can focus on any positive emotion. So it might look like saying an affirmation, like even something basic, like today is an awesome day and getting really excited about it, feeling those emotions come through and allowing yourself to play because we don't often, you know, yell about today being an awesome day, <laughs> get excited and jump and clap our hands. Uh, speaking of which, we use clapping and chanting in laughter wellness as well. So even just clapping with your palms flat together and your fingers flat together, I call it a flat clap. It activates acupressure points inside our hands that give a little boost of energy to other areas of our body. And you'll see, I mean, anyone who has kids, especially young kids, you see them when they're excited, they just automatically clap their hands. Mm. And even from a very, very young age where it hasn't necessarily been taught to them, you know, it feels good. <laughs> and one of my laughter yoga friends, she says, you know, we always clap for other people who are, you know, doing good things. But when we clap with our hands flat, we can clap for ourselves and give ourselves a little bit of love back as well. So we use these techniques to really boost and sustain that positive energy. It's a very mindful practice as well. So there, there is introspection and there is looking at um, how we're feeling, how we want to be feeling. There's that cultivation of positive emotion and, of course, laughter, which has its own mountain of benefits from physical benefits, mental, spiritual, emotional, and social benefits. With that happiness feeling, yeah. What's actually happening from a neurological perspective there and what indoor sorry, what hormones are we releasing and things like that? And and does yeah. that happen when we start with like before, nothing funny happened, but you and I ended yeah. up laughing. So is it literally a tool that we can use like that to shift into those empowering emotions and energetic conditions, even if something funny hasn't happened? Yes, and that's the beauty of modalities like laughter wellness, where we're taking intentional laughter to create. So you asked about the chemicals that we're producing. So we're producing um, dopamine, which is known as the reward chemical. It lights up the reward centers in the brain. So dopamine's uh, released, you know, when we have sex, when we eat certain foods, when we do a bit of online shopping, you know, <laughs> um, it's known for those things. It's that reward, that kind of high that we get. Uh, oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical or known as the love hormone. We produce this again when we're hugging, kissing, uh, when we're socializing, when we're around other people. Typically, we're releasing serotonin, which is a mood stabilizer and also helps to stabilize other things in our body like our digestive um, function. And we're releasing endorphins, which are known as, you know, the happy hormone that we get that runner's high or that high that we get from exercise where we feel really good afterwards. So we're releasing all of those. And at the same time, we're lowering stress hormones like cortisol, uh, which cortisol is so prevalent in our day-to-day -day lives because we live very fast-paced, very overstimulated lives with social media and constant notifications and um, just the pressure to, you know, be a parent and have a business and be social and do all the things that we do 
in the way that our societies are set up and we're not using the tribe to raise the child. So we have all that pressure on ourselves, especially as parents. And uh, or even if you live by yourself, if you're single and you're doing all the things, like that's a lot of pressure as well. So cortisol levels, um, you know, they need to be reduced. <laughs> and it's just basically I love the phrasing that laughter opens up our um, inner pharmacy, like the brain's pharmacy. It just helps to balance us, to bring us back into that state of balance out of the fight or flight mode where we're back in that regulated state where our body, our mind, they're functioning as they should. And typically after a laughter session, people say that they feel energized and relaxed at the same time. Um, Which makes sense really, when the, the neurological changes and the physiological changes that you just brought in. So the, the energized is, you know, mm -hmm. the, the happy endorphins and the, the dopamine and probably a bit of adrenaline too from a bit of movement internally. Yeah. And then the yeah. relaxedness is, oh, we've, we've got rid of all of that cortisol that is making us feel on edge and feel stressed most of the time. Yeah. And laughter sessions finish with a laughter meditation, which is an extended period of laughter. And so after, let's say we're doing an hour session and we've been doing little bits of laughter here and there between the other exercises and our deep breaths, and all these different things. And then when we do the extended period of laughter, which really depends on the group, it could be three minutes, it could be 15 minutes. <laughs> it really depends on how rollicking the laughter becomes. Wow. Um, you can really feel, um, well, you go into a state of trance, basically, when you've had enough laughter, your mind goes into a state of trance. So you can feel a bit uh, spacey. My mm -hmm. mind's blank. I don't have any questions I just feel good I don't want to talk I don't want to do anything and as a facilitator when I was learning laughter wellness I said to my mentor like I can't think after I do <laughs> the laughter meditation obviously there's a very small portion of the session to go for me to facilitate but I'm like I can't really think and she's like you'll get used to it like you learn to do it and okay. also enjoy the session but it's always one of those things with facilitating where you're in it, but you need to also be, you know, running the show and keeping an overview of all, all the things. So in your corporate workshops, you've got to do the laughter yoga maybe just before lunch or just before they knock off because if you're expecting them to go back and produce output and perform <laughs> at work and they can't do that, then from the laughter therapy because they're just so in bliss. So it's the timing of it as well. Oh, sorry, that's just the laughter well the meditation part well that yeah i mean it comes part and parcel with a laughter yoga or a laughter wellness session and classically they do end with the laughter meditation and then there's a grounding exercise to bring you back down so laughter actually helps us to focus more because we're back in that relaxed state mm. it improves alertness so it is actually good as a morning exercise um you don't want to do it after lunch if you're having it at work because you have a belly full of food. <laughs> it's harder to, harder to chuckle while you're trying to digest your lunch. Sure. Uh, it's great for any time of the day. It's, I mean, I don't do it near bedtime. Personally, I get too, like, happy high. And I <laughs> All feel, those endorphins and those happy yeah. feel-good hormones bouncing around. <laughs> Totally. But you can obviously have a bit of a laugh at those times where you said, but it's just when you go into that deep laughter where you can not be thinking, but, you know, the, mm -hmm. the smaller laughters and knowing that you're getting the release with that, you know, you know utilising those laughter wellness, you can obviously do that as often as you want to. 
besides before bed when you don't want to be waking up. I mean, some people do, and on my YouTube channel, people have requested that I do like a nighttime laughter. And I just, I'm just like, sorry, guys, I can't find someone else who can do that. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> I'll enough. have to stage it in the morning and you guys can use it at night. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I love, I utilize laughter. And before I even knew about the work that you did and laughter wellness mm-hmm. and laughter therapy, I have an FFA list that I've created and it's my feel freaking awesome list. And everyone that I worked with creates a feel freaking awesome list. And you get to choose what goes on that feel freaking awesome list. So, for example, some of the stuff with me is uh, the the breath work. So, I do a lot of breath work. Cold showers make me feel freaking awesome. Cuddling my gorgeous wife and kissing her on the neck and just having that deep connection makes me feel freaking awesome. Exercise makes me feel freaking awesome. But also on my top 10 is big belly laughs because I feel freaking awesome when I have good big belly laughs, regardless of whether it's trying to do the zipper one when the kids fart at an inappropriate time or whether it's a, an intentional big belly laugh with friends or my gorgeous wife. So it's it's obviously uh, like what we talked about. It makes us feel freaking awesome. But do people feel, I imagine that people feel quite awkward about the laughter aspect. How do you find that with people that feel awkward how do you navigate that how do you make people feel comfortable with it is there ways that you can allow people to duck out of the office or do it in the car or maybe not on the toilet because there might be other people coming in (laughs) in the office environment but how do we navigate the awkwardness of laughter to utilize it for its holistic health benefits yeah i think when you know and i can go over the benefits because i've kind of skimmed over the the big physical benefits and all that kind of thing I think when you, the more you know about laughter, the more it makes sense. And like you say, it feels good. There's no one who, unless they have a, a trauma around laughter, no one who really goes, oh, I don't like laughing. Mm. Um, and there, there are people because, again, societally we're taught don't laugh, not appropriate, offensive, um, not a good time, um, rude, whatever, or you're crazy if you laugh by yourself, right? <laughs> You're in that <laughs> case. I get a lot of those comments on my videos. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, <laughs> like, what has she smoked? You know, all those kind of mm. things. Um, so I'll go over the benefits and then I'll explain a little bit about the awkwardness as well. So laughter can, uh, it, it exercises our lungs. It's aerobic exercise. It's also massaging our organs as our diaphragm's moving up and down. Um, It provides a pump for our lymphatic system, um, which is really great. It releases. uh, Just explain for the listeners, why why is it? uh, Sorry, you're allowed to have a foggy brain just for all the listeners. Uh, Bianca does have COVID and she's committed (laughs) to this anyway. So thank you for that. It's okay. Brain fog is a part of that. We accept that. Uh, During that brain fog, I'm about to ask you a bit more of a deeper question. Why is it important to... Uh, get the lymphatic system moving for everyone who's listening. So it helps with our immune system and just our general um, circulation and function of our body. Um, that's about all I'm getting yeah. <laughs> you today. I'll just elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, to, the toxicity that builds up. So for everyone listening, if we eat foods that aren't, you know, if they're processed, if they're packaged, if they're sprayed, things like that, we build up toxicity in our system. 
yeah. if we stay in the high stress states into cortisol and things like that we build up toxicity in our system if we don't sleep well all of these things that impact us we can build up toxicity in our system uh, overeating uh, just lots of different things so the lymphatic system its job is to move the toxicity and waste products throughout the body as well and so what we can tend to find is that people often feel quite lethargic and they have their lymph system isn't moving and doing its job very well so that's why uh, i love that that's a part of what you teach people is that it's important for the lymphatic system to to help get that pumping because and that's part of what would make people feel energized and more relaxed because their body isn't then trying a lot harder to uh, get rid of all the toxins that the lymphatic system is designed to to do. Yeah, totally weighed down. Thank mm. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing it up. And I love the diaphragm aspect as well. It's a big part of obviously you would know with with breathing training and the diaphragm attaches to the pericardium of the heart. And so when we use the diaphragm and it flattens out when it contracts, it pulls on the pericardium, which draws more blood into the heart area. And so then we've got the 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 heart actually getting more blood in and pumping more blood around without doing uh, working as hard to do that so it, mm -hmm. the, using the diaphragm as much as possible it's one of the most underused underrated kind of muscles in the body so knowing that laughter has a big play in that i can understand how it can be used for healing as well but sorry totally. continue on <laughs> and laughter is breath right it's breathing in and out <laughs> It's just the sound of joyful breathing. Can we breathe? Um, can we laugh on an in-breath? <laughs> That's when you Not get really. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. That's when you're like a laughter fit. Yeah. Because you're really trying to laugh on the in-breath, but you can't. Your diaphragm <laughs> might be spasming and everything's out of control. <laughs> Abs are hurting, your cheeks are hurting, crying. <laughs> Um, Sorry, back so to the awkwardness. It our, <laughs> yeah, it helps with our immune system. Over time, uh, with regular laughter practice, it can lower blood pressure. In a single session, it will help with circulation. So I'm glad that you brought those things up as well. Um, what else? Just so, so many, so many things. I always just go, I can't tell you all of them or we'll just fill the whole podcast with sure, laughter. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, and also mentally, you know, again, it's really releasing those positive feel-good chemicals that are negating, you know, things like depression, anxiety, and those kinds of tendencies because we're boosting our system with this what's known as dose chemistry, the chemicals I mentioned before, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. So once you know all that, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, well, I could give it a go. Like. And that some people say, like, why like would I? About? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm here on your podcast. People will be like, oh, okay, interesting, mm -hmm. interesting. Um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is fun having brain fog. Um, so with the awkwardness, um, some of it can come from, as I mentioned before, things that have happened in the past, times where you've been told, that it's not okay to express joy, to be happy, to be loud as a child, um, to misbehave by being silly, let's say. And so a lot of people have that. And sometimes it can just take that acknowledgement of like, 
oh, why might I feel awkward about this? Or why might I feel really uncomfortable? One, yes, there's the conditioning that we all have that it's not normal. Not yet, guys, but wait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm on a mission. Not normal to laugh every day or laugh by yourself or laugh when nothing's funny. But if you look at why, why that might be specific for you, you can go, oh, okay, well, that was, you know, like with anything where we're tracking back into the past and realizing where a belief or something came from, we can go, okay, well, I'm ready to release that or, or believe something mm. new. So that can cause a lot of the awkwardness. Um, with laughter yoga, which I was trained in, which doesn't have the aspect of the positive reinforcements, but it does have the laughter, the breathing, the clapping and chanting, it can get crazy. You know, you, you can find me on YouTube swinging through the jungle like Tarzan, like, oh, oh. <laughs> things like that. Um, you drive your laughter car around. Um, the Like a metaphorical and- laughter car? Or you yeah, got a big wiggles or, or physical. You, you <laughs> then maybe there's a red light and you stop. <laughs> okay. And there's a green light. So, you know, the first laughter of anything that I ever did was a laughter yoga workshop. It was in my workplace. And we were driving our laughter cars around and I thought it was the best thing ever. And I'll never forget the face of one of my colleagues who was like, her face just looked like, what are we doing? get me out of here like mm. get me out she was not comfortable and that's where laughter wellness actually when you're learning how to build sessions you're instructed not to bring in those kind of exercises especially the very very crazy ones or like very out of your comfort zone ones pretty much ever but leave them till the second or third round so ease in with some things that people can feel comfortable about Sure. And you know, there's we can just make sounds. So we could go, ha 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 ha, he 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 he, ho 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 ho, and slowly get faster and faster. And it's getting you used to those laughter sounds. And typically, when people watch each other doing that in a group session as well, they just start laughing because they're like, again, that mind thing. Like, what are we doing? This is mm-hmm. kind of silly. This is kind of <laughs> weird. And um, laughter yoga promotes, which I don't condone anymore. I've even thought about taking my most famous videos <laughs> and highest rating videos off YouTube. I probably won't, but it condones forcing and faking laughter because even if you force or fake, you can still get the same benefits and you can kind of trick your body into that positive chemistry and all those wonderful benefits why? Why can't we just choose and allow laughter? Like, I just don't see why we need to force or fake. And that's been an evolution in my own, you know, learning and and development and my own studies and certifications that I've done that I'm like, yeah, why? Why? Everything I've taught about, like, from the start of my coaching business, always been about choice. And then when I discovered and trained in laughter, uh, laughter wellness, rather, I was like, yeah, that just makes sense to choose laughter. Same way as you would choose to go for a run because it's good for you. You're not running because a tiger's chasing you. You're running because you want to run and you know that it'll help you feel good, that it'll move your muscles, that it'll bring all the wonderful benefits that it brings. Do you need more reason than that? You can just choose it because you know it's good for you. And on that, wouldn't that go back to, and that's what I was asking you about before, if if there's nothing making us, laugh but i guess Mm -hmm. choosing laughter and having something make us laugh 
there's two different ways to have still true laughter. But isn't mm-hmm. that choice piece, isn't that the evolution that the person needs to go through that you've you've been through? So we can't expect that the people who feel awkward about it and aren't open to choosing laughter, that maybe that's mm-hmm. the process that is required. I, I can understand where it clashes internally with you, but maybe it's actually the superpower that you've got that you are, in fact, it is a choice. It's a different choice to actually get people from that fixed or closed-mindedness to take that very first step. And then from there, they can start their mm-hmm. own evolutionary journey through laughter. Yeah. And I think, yes, uh, the forced or fake laughter can become authentic. But when you force yourself to do something, it also feels, you know, you're producing chemicals around that and beliefs around that. You don't feel good when you force yourself to do anything. Mm. So it kind of takes away from the experience until the good chemicals take over after 10 or 15 minutes sure. of laughter and you're like, oh, I think the simplest thing to cut uh, awkwardness out is like if you can choose to breathe, you can choose to laugh. So we're just going to make joyful sounds on the exhale. So choose to breathe in and like I did before, out. (laughs) (laughs) And then people go, oh, yeah, it's just breathing. (laughs) Cool. I like that. Breathing with a bit of sound and then you get all the extra benefits as well. Yeah, that's right. Where so back to your uh, your journey of this. So you were actually mm-hmm. working in. So now you do a lot of the coaching and workshops and corporate and everything. But you were actually mm-hmm. working in corporate yourself before you went on this journey. Is that right? And then you kind of I was. Your mind was open to opportunity and abundance. That's right, and it goes back to that workshop that I referred to at the start of our conversation where. I started to realize like we have all this choice and the life I was living at that point wasn't a bad life. I could afford to do whatever I wanted. I had a job where I could kind of, you know, I mean, not everything I wanted. I couldn't buy a house or anything. (laughs) I was in my early twenties, but I, you know, I could save money by default, still fly to Sydney and see my boyfriend and buy the things that I wanted. I was living, had been living a life for many years of, work, save, travel at at length, work, save, travel at length. And so a lot of people had asked me like, oh, how do you do that? I'm like, it's not, it's pretty straightforward. It's what I just told you. Like I save my money, I go traveling and then I go find another job and then I do the same. Uh, But people were saying, oh, you're so lucky. And I was like, it's not luck. I didn't win these trips. Like I don't understand that mindset. And they call it the L word. I don't like the word luck because I think that we choose and all our results are a decision of our choice. I'm sorry, a result of our decisions and choices. So in that workshop, I also discovered, well, you know what, if I was really living by my heart, I would probably be doing my own thing. And I had no idea what that was going to (laughs) be. I was working in corporate sales. I was quite good at it. I enjoyed it. Um, But I decided when I moved here to Sydney that um, yes, I would be coming over and kind of starting a new life in a way by moving with my partner. But also I was going to follow my own path. And again, I had no idea what that would look like. And I went through a number of things from um, travel photojournalism to network marketing to landing on coaching <laughs> and then going, I love this. This is awesome. Uh, and even with coaching, you know, it was definitely an uphill battle getting my 
getting my business started, I had one of the hardest times of my life, mega anxiety, um, waking up every day with my stomach just churning with anxiety. And I was like, cool, I haven't even opened my eyes yet. And there you are, anxiety. Um, and I used laughter at that point. I was only trained in laughter yoga at that time. And I knew, okay, if I exercise, yes, that helps me. Um, but I started to use laughter every day to help me through that anxiety and, um, yeah, start to get on top of that at that point. And finally, eventually made some money in my business <laughs> after a lot of learning, a lot of investing, a lot of debt, uh, and a lot of healing Welcome and to growth the in my world of the, be- yeah. from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I later went on to help other coaches to start up and and you know shortcut that process where they didn't have to go through putting groceries back on the shelf because they're so broke and those kinds yeah, of things yeah. that I went through. So what does your most of your work look like now? Is is it mostly corporate workshops? Are you mostly coaching individuals? You do a lot online? Uh, a lot of my work over the last year, because it's new, has been working with people. Uh, well, they're programs that I developed alongside my um, colleague, Lindsay Mitchell. She runs a program called Vital Side. So Vital Side and a number of other programs um, are dubbed as like brain retraining programs for people healing through chronic stress and chronic illness. Um, and, and a lot of people found my laughter work on YouTube through these programs. So Lindsay approached me a couple of years ago and said, you know what, people in this healing space, they're getting very rigid. Some of the programs are, are, are making them feel very perfectionistic, very all or nothing, like they're doing it wrong if they don't do it exactly or they don't do it enough times. And when they're stuck in fight or flight, you know, that just kind of can spiral or mean that they take a lot longer to heal because they could be moving forward by doing it once per day instead of four times per day, but they think they have to do four times and they don't have time to do four times. So so she approached me because, one, she was a big fan of my work and had been recommending me to her clients for years, and, two, she could see that there needed to be more um, fluidity and fun and flexibility that was possible, and she was helping people through one-to-one sessions to achieve that in their healing protocol. But she was booked out with her one-to-ones. She was wanting to create something for, I guess, the typical things that people were coming up against. And so we created a program called Elevate Brain Retraining 2.0, and that helps people to really bring more purpose, more passion, more play, and personalize their practice to make it suit them and their lifestyle their learning style, because sometimes, you know, it's not one size fits all. Like some people really struggle with visualization as an example. And if that's a major element of their healing protocol, then they might just throw it away rather than learn how to do it differently or do an audio guided one or something that might suit their learning style a little bit better. So we created that. And so that's been a lot of what I've been doing over the last year or so. And we then created another one called Regulate, which is basically a resource, yes, for brain retrainers as they're coming up and through Elevate, they can then move into Regulate, but really for anyone who who just needs a little hand in keeping their uh, their nervous system regulated, which I believe is all of us, 
having gone through my own breakdown ironically and becoming a brain retrainer myself last year during the behind the scenes of creating Elevate, um, really helping people to do that. So there's a resource library. We have live calls every three weeks with Lindsay, myself, or both of us. And that's that's what I've been focused on. And slowly since 2020, getting into more corporate gigs, which I'm excited to do now, especially in Australia, especially in person, because at, at the start of 2020, I ran a retreat and I'm like, retreats, workshops, in-person things. This is where I want to be. And we all know what happened in 2020. So mm-hmm. I stayed online where I'd been for years. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to yeah start moving, moving, doing more and more um, corporate and in-person workshops um, because workplaces are becoming more disconnected online because you know, even basic stuff, we don't have that chat while we're getting a tea or, you know, go to lunch with your colleague um, on your lunch break or any of that socialising and that interpersonal connection. We're missing that and laughter can bring so much to that and so much to communication within a team, so much to appreciation. Like the gratitude piece is so um, something that a lot of teams take away and say that they're going and then implement in their meetings or in their mornings each day with their team. I mean, you and I got on the call and you said, you know, what are you grateful for today? It's a beautiful way to start a meeting, but it's sometimes brushed past. And again, with that achiever mentality in our society, we don't often stop and thank our colleague for what they've done or acknowledge ourselves for what we've done we just get on with the next thing because we've got another deadline and another thing to do and our inbox is full and all the rest Mm. so it's really beautiful to help um yeah leaders um work work through that and build better teams through that ripple effect as well is a big part of what i do um helping leaders so that they can help other people and they can help other people and it flows out into families and communities and all the way across the globe yeah absolutely i'm addicted to gratitude that's why i asked you and uh, I, I express it often but i love hearing other people express it for all of the health benefits similar to laughter one thing i want to go back to if you don't mind uh, you yeah. mentioned there that you experienced burnout last yes. year and, you know, you're creating these programs and everything. Do you mind explaining what burnout felt like for you and then how you utilised your tools and strategies to work through it? Because I think burnout is very, very common, uh, yeah. but maybe people aren't necessarily talking about it. It might be something they want to shy away from. They don't want to be vulnerable and tell people that they're feeling burnt out. Uh, they need to charge on and, and you know, just get through it. So what what kind of what initiated it what did it feel like and how did you move through it if you don't mind yeah sure it was a really interesting you asked about the feeling the feeling was very weird because I was in a really great space with a lot of things I was doing and manifesting things and feeling quite in alignment and at the same time the mentor I was working with, every time I spoke to her, she was like, yeah, your nervous system's dysregulated, like we need to calm it, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. So it was this really weird space for me. But what was going on for me was that I would get up in the morning and I would go all day. I had a two-year-old. Uh, 
I explained to you before we hit record where I live, so it's a little bit tricky to get home. Um, I used to take my son to daycare and our neighbor's son to daycare, two toddlers, like 18 months and two years old or whatever, um, across in a boat and then walk them to the car through the car park. The other kid used to love to run away, so that was very stressful at times, <laughs> running away in a car park. Um Anyway, I would get them to daycare and and little things like that, like the kid running away, I would I would get him in the car seat and go, oh, okay, that's done. But I wouldn't take the time to shake it off, to breathe it out, to reset my system. The situation was then okay, but my body was still in that fight or flight and I would get up and I would go all day. And it didn't feel bad some of the time because I was doing my work and I was excited about what I was doing. And I'd be like very um, super engaged. And I sometimes get like this now where I could just be for hours doing what I'm doing because I love what I'm doing and I'm developing ideas and I'm uh, thinking about things. And 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 then, I okay, it's time to pick him up and it's time to cook dinner. And, and I just flop into bed exhausted at night. It got to a bad point where I couldn't sleep for more than four hours a night or like four hours at a time. It would take me probably two hours. So I'd probably sleep for four hours, wake up for about two hours and then get a little bit more before daybreak. Um, so my sleep was very broken. Um, my mind was very busy. I got to a point as well with technology where I felt got sensitive to technology. I still don't know if that was a psychological thing with work or a a, an electronic sensitivity, um, but I felt like I was jittering inside if I spent more than an hour and a half on the computer, which running an online business is hard to mm. not. <laughs> you know, an hour and a half goes very quickly. We're probably, we might spend an hour and a half today. <laughs> um, Just let me know if you're getting the jitters. I won't let it get to that point. <laughs> no. Um, the anxiety was back that I mentioned before, uh, brain fog, um, and the thing that I noticed and, and that upsets me is, like you said before, this is very common and, and people just think it's normal and especially young parents and entrepreneurs, they just, get, it's normal. Like, you know, oh, baby brain never goes away, they say. And I'm like, no, that can't be a thing. Like, I can't, there must be another way. I'm always like, there's got to be another way. And so I just hit this point where I couldn't go on anymore. I had really bad dermatitis. I just had uh, had digestive issues. I've always been a huge eater. Despite having a tiny frame, I've always had people say, you need to eat more. Um, but I used to eat a lot. I found my I was barely eating that much anymore. Um, so many different things. And I think if I could plot on a graph what happened and what changed in my life, It'd be like, oh, I injured myself, so I stopped going to the boot camp that I usually go to. I stopped doing this, so I wasn't going for my walk every – oh, I was sleeping poorly, so I didn't want to get up and go for a walk in the morning because I was exhausted. I was trying to get all the sleep I could get. So I wasn't going for my walks in the morning. I wasn't getting out and seeing the sunlight and the birds and everything that makes me happy about sunrise and all the positive benefits that can come from just being out in nature because I'm right here in a national park. Um and, and, and having that me time, uh, I can't think of any others, but there were several things where I was like, okay, I started working more. I started being on technology a lot later than I normally would, right? I usually have eight o'clock cutoff um, and my phone goes on to do not disturb mode. And I'm like, okay, I might check a WhatsApp from my family or something after that point. 
or call my grandpa or something. But usually, no, no phone, no social media, no emails and anything like that. I started working till really late at night and then I was up in the middle of the night doing stuff because I'm awake. So I might as well just get up and do some stuff. And I was wired. I couldn't Mm. wind down. So, of course, there was a lot of um, self-judgment, I guess, for knowing about the nervous system. I didn't know as much as I know now, but I knew. I taught people about fight or flight. I was a coach. I had plenty of tools. I'd done meditation. I'd done, you know, I do laughter. I'm like the laughter lady, all these things. But if you have a toolkit and you're not using it, it's pretty useless. If you know that exercising, going for a walk, laughing, having time to yourself, stopping instead of going, 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 going every day, you know, if you know those things are required and you don't make them happen uh, and you don't be, you're just stuck in that doing, it's, it's inevitable that you'll burn out or break down. Sometimes I call it three quarters of a mental breakdown because I technically looked it up. I was like, okay, I could still function, but it was beyond the burnout that I'd ever known in my life and that most people are like, oh, I'm a bit burnt out and they have a weekend where they do nothing and they feel fine, right? Mm. And there's different, there's like a spectrum of burnout. Sure, yep. Um, and I'd seen through starting to work with people in this chronic illness space that this is where people is what they call in that, um, community like a perfect storm can come in and knock someone down, someone like myself who might be in their twenties or thirties or whatever, and then they're smacked down and they have like chronic fatigue or they have all these symptoms. They have, you know, I know people who have food sensitivities. They could only eat five or six foods for years, like so many very extreme things that you'd be like, oh my god, like how did that happen to you? And it can happen from just going and going and going. So my life has changed a lot over the last year because I've massively reassessed like what's important, what actually needs to be done um, and and when does it really have to be done today or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and going through the Vital Side program was just game-changing. As a coach, I was like, this is like personal development on steroids because we talk about, you know, the ego or the limited self and all that kind of unconscious mind and all that kind of stuff in coaching. But this is like, okay, your limbic brain's doing this and and this is what it's firing off and all these different things that are in the program and and learning about the neuroplasticity and all those kind of things just totally changed the game for me. Mm. And I guess I found my love of like the combination, which I use in Elevate, I use in Regulate. I was probably using before, but not knowing the science behind it sometimes um, is bringing that that change like that's all I want for people is to be empowered with those tools and use those tools please Mm. please use those tools (laughs) for for change to understand your brain your body your nervous system to understand what you can do to turn things around when things feel totally crap you know and all of it creates that change and using Laughter and play are my favorite ways to do that because I've sat and I've talked and I've listened to people and I I don't know what your experience in coaching is like, but, you know, in the early days first, you know, someone might get the better of you and you're like, what? Did I just let them lead me down that rabbit hole? Like, why didn't they stop them? <laughs> just trying to be nice and listen and it's like, no, no, no. Where the laughter and the play really 
can cut through and bring that um, sense of joy, sense of fun, link back to gratitude. You mentioned gratitude. Like people in these chronic stress states, they can't. They literally can't just access that part of their brain, Mm. the gratitude, the fun, the creativity. It's not there in their life. And that becomes a very uh, limited way to live. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and thank you for your vulnerability around that. That'll be very empowering for a lot of people listening. A lot of the people I work with are in burnout or have experienced mm-hmm. burnout and they they don't want to go back there. And so that tool belt, like what you talked about, it's vitally important and to, to have it and to use it are two different things. So mm-hmm. a lot of what you're saying there, it sounds like those programs is, you know, a lot of what I touch on as well with the work that I do around you know, not the laughter, not yet. However, you might be a special guest in some of my programs coming up to, to bring the laughter element to We'd it. I'd love to. <laughs> the, sorry, the ability to actually understand and then to implement the knowledge. And that's what I talk about exactly the wording you had was the tool belt. It's an empowering tool belt. When mm-hmm. do you utilize meditation? You can't do it all day, every day. When do you utilize coherence breathing? When do you utilize uh, I, uh, similar to Wim Hof, I've created one called um, Next Level Breathing, and that's about an energy up. But sometimes that will oh, actually cool. increase your cortisol and your adrenaline. So mm-hmm. if people are on the edge of burnout and operating on cortisol and adrenaline, I actually don't want them to do that. So what's no. the other breathing method instead? And so utilize understanding all of these things. And you know, we talk about a basic philosophy of let's look at all the things you're already doing and how can we improve them? So already sleeping, how can we improve your mm-hmm. sleep? We're already eating and drinking. How can we improve what you eat and drink so it gives you energy and doesn't take your energy? You're already breathing. Mm -hmm. How can you improve your breathing so it gives you energy and doesn't drain your energy? You're already moving. How can you improve your moving so it doesn't drain your energy and it increases your energy? Uh, You're already thinking. How can you improve your thinking so that it supports you and enhances your life and empowers you as opposed to disempowering and hindering you? So looking at all of those things that we're already doing and, and how we can improve them and utilizing the tool belt in that way to to not just overcome burnout, like what you're talking about, but also just to thrive in everyday life and to, to minimize it. So on that, do you believe it's possible to be successful? And I say that in quotation marks because that's different for everyone. Let me put it in this way, because I believe that I can kind of read some of your values and your priorities, but your values uh-huh. are obviously around impact and you know you love helping people as, as passionate coaches do. Do you believe that you can impact more slash deeper slash uh you know with in alignment and and be quote unquote successful whatever that means to you without doing 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 going 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 like you were yes yeah i do i do and i was speaking to a friend yesterday because i've been sick and we were talking about you know this thing of like when you stop and you rest you then get kind of launched forward because you have all the energy and we're talking about the analogy of a bow and arrow, like pull back to launch forward, right? And when you, as I've experienced over these last, uh, whatever, 12 months, I guess, um, you know, taking that time and really being with my son when we're splashing around in the water, you know, being there, not thinking about my work, you know, that charges me up so much or meeting with a friend for a chat and a, and a cuppa, you know, that charges you up so much and it gives you, I think everyone can relate to whatever it is for them, whether it's going for a hike or going traveling or going out dancing with their friends or whatever it is for you, where you come away from it and you're like, 
I am so alive right now. I'm so invigorated and I'm so passionate and I have ideas flowing and like that's the juice of life and that's where you want to be working from where you can work in that flow state and that alignment that you spoke about a big word that I use like living in alignment that's where the magic comes from and that was the discrepancy that I had at the start of my burnout was like I had that and you know like a guy sent me uh he said oh I want to send you a donation I love your YouTube channel and I thought oh maybe he'll pop me like 50 dollars or something send me like 600 Australian dollars wow I was like okay so like things were happening manifesting like and again because I was in that space but I was trying to outrun what was physically going on with my body mm-hmm. and and you can't do that <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe a true definition of success you know um involves being out of alignment or being untrue to your natural soul self yeah absolutely that success for, without fulfillment is the ultimate failure that quote is uh, and you know success without alignment is the ultimate failure and what you're talking about there too is the uh you know not just utilizing all of the powerful tools that we talked about with the breathing and the laughter and mm-hmm. uh, having that tool belt but also that connection and presence so connection with your friends like what you said human connection there's all the studies yeah. out now and how important and empowering it is and also that presence like being there with your son and i think everyone listening and i'm putting my hand up to say i'm guilty of it uh, you know, when we are with our kids or people that we love or we should be enjoying this nature or whatever it might be, but our mind might be wandering to all the things that we've got to do or, you know, we start creating this internal stress. So that power of presence is really minimizing that and what we know from a neurological perspective and a hormonal perspective, how that presence literally lowers that stress. And this is what mm-hmm. all the laughter and the breathing and everything is doing. So it, it makes sense that uh, we can easily disconnect from that or um, maybe not put the emphasis on the importance of that. Yeah, I've heard about this presence thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm here. Like I can't see how that's going to make me more productive. I can't see how that's going to make <laughs> me happier. I can't see how that's going to lower my stress, whatever it might be. It goes back to the very beginning of this discussion of just be open-minded. Just try it. Just be present. That's right. <laughs> There's a that's saying right. that most busy entrepreneurs don't like and it's you need to slow down to speed up and then the speed Mm -hmm. up part is it's like what you just said there the slingshot the speed up doesn't mean then uh make up for lost time it means that you will the quant the the small steps and the little processes become the quantum leaps because when you slow down and you process and you're present and you get your you know your neurological and physiological aspects all working in alignment then when you take action you will do tasks quicker you're in like we said that flow state that will happen for Mm. you much more easier and so the time then becomes gifted back to you yeah absolutely and that presence also allows you to see opportunities that you might otherwise rush past because you're in your own brain doing your own thing on to the next thing Mm. um and especially as parents right and yeah. you mentioned there before about uh, the pressure of parenting, and I'm not. I know that we haven't connected before, but these bags under my eyes—they're not normal, Bianca. This is a, <laughs> mine neither. This is, COVID th- <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a one-year-old that's teething. We've moved into a house, and the oh, one-year-old man. and the three-year-old are sleeping in the same room for the first time. But this consistency <laughs> over weeks of like that's out of my control. Even though I work mm-hmm. on and coach sleeping, I'm still doing lots of things that are in my control. Uh, but there's things that are out of our control. 
control. And so, you know, one of the greatest yeah. triggers for us is sleep deprivation or sleep interruption, like what you experienced as well. So it's this, that all the more reason why we need to do all of the things that we talked about with our tool belt when that we have these external triggers that are kind of out of our control and uh, especially to avoid the burnout uh, and minimize it. But thank you again for sharing that too, because I think some of those signs and symptoms for anyone listening, uh, it's not a badge of honor to be burnt out, but it's also, no. you shouldn't be ashamed about being burnt out. It's, you know, it's quite normal. And the good thing is, you know, Bianca is a, a prime example of this, that it's, you, we can work through it. So I would mm -hmm. highly recommend people to to check it out uh the regulate and the elevate programs and and on that note as we wrap up where where can the listeners learn more about that on the social media uh websites etc and then how can we how can i and the listeners help you on your journey oh that's a good question um so you can find me on my website so biancaspears.com you can find me on instagram bianca.spears and youtube you can just google my name as well uh and how can you help me well robo before we got on and pressed record i mentioned to you that i'd like to challenge you to join the laughy challenge and i'd like to challenge all of the listeners to do this as well it's a great way to get bring laughter into your life so the laughy challenge was initiative of laughter yoga australia and we started in february and our mission is to get 2 million Australians, although I'm secretly on a mission to take it global and already have started the balls rolling. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. <laughs> um, uh, actually, yeah, 2 million and 22. There was a play on the two. Um, do okay. I'm not doing it justice now. Brain fog kicks in again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just breathe have a laugh refocus <laughs> yes it's true and laughter it, it dissipates we haven't got to that we haven't spoken about it today but nervous laughter you can tell that your body's trying to regulate itself it's mm. trying to reset and help you be okay so the laughy challenge is recording yourself laughing for one minute the way that you might record a self uh, you might take a selfie on your phone you can record a laughy, either a video or an audio. You record yourself laughing for one minute. You then use that as a tool for your own mental well-being and to give yourself the giggles. You know, if you're having a rough day, you pull that out. And again, you, I don't know, go Brilliant. to your car if you don't want to laugh in the toilet <laughs> at work. Um, use that to get yourself giggling again and use it as a tool for yourself. The next part is sharing it with someone else. So, again, you can go public with it, put it on social media, use the hashtag the Laffy Challenge Oz, O-Z on the end for Australia, and share it with someone and challenge them to do the same. So you can tag your friends. It's a bit of fun and, you know, I don't know how many entrepreneurs you have listening in. Many. I'm sure there are plenty of coaches and things listening laughter i have found like laughter for branding is amazing like people want to see and engage with laughter right our mirror neurons want to laugh back when we oh, see other course. people laughing and it's great for content it's great if you put that out there and you challenge a friend and you challenge your audience to do that on social media because people you know times times are pretty serious right now <laughs> mm. and people love to see 
you know, dancing. I think that's why TikTok and everything's so big, you know, dancing and, and fun and challenges and, and those kinds of things that are just lighthearted. Cool. And this is something that can really, really change the mental wealth of the world as well. I've got a little trick that I'm going to do is I accept your challenge and I know something that's going to to make me laugh. I remember doing it many, many, many years ago with one of my best mates. And actually, I'll tell you what it is because it's pretty funny. Other people might utilize it too. Uh, I colored his one of his front teeth black <laughs> with the texture and he colored mine. So we had to dry our teeth and then we just stared at each other. And it looked really funny because our top lips were stuck up and I was laughing at his one tooth and he's laughing at my one tooth. And the rule was the first one who looked away kind of lost the the challenge and massive belly laughs. I don't know if we actually timed it, but it would have been definitely more. It was minutes of laughter. So I'm going to, I know that that will trigger a massive belly laugh within me to have a selfie video doing that. So that's how I'm going to, so although it's a trigger into it, it's a true laughter. It's not a not a absolutely fake <laughs> absolutely, and it's still intentional because you're choosing to reactivate that memory and bring out the laughter. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a great one. Maybe families could sit around and all of them have one tooth coloured in, and all just look at each other <laughs> and, and and have the video set up, and that that could be a good one. I don't know how it would go with a three year old and a one year old. I won't really try that, but maybe my wife and I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> So if someone, for all those people out there that are accepting the challenge, and I hope it's 99.9% of the listeners, because there will be someone that won't accept the challenge. But for all of you, there's there's a little trick that might work, especially if you've got family or friends or, I don't know, try it in the office, do whatever you want to all colour each other's uh, teeth in black and see what happens. <laughs> so where, how do we, is there a hashtag for the Lafayette's challenge or something that we can tag the Lafayette's challenge? We'll obviously tag you in it if we share it on Instagram. Yeah, it's the Laughy Challenge Oz. So Laughy is L-A-U-G-H-I-E, much like selfie. Uh, Laughy Challenge Oz, O-Z on the end. The Laughy Challenge Oz. Is that a hashtag as well? That's a hashtag, yes. And if you want to tag me at Bianca.Spears, I would love to laugh along with your Laughy. Brilliant. For everyone listening, I challenge you to to do that. You'll see mine popping up soon. Uh, speaking of Instagram, if we have, do we have a few extra minutes? Are we able to do? I think we're fine. I okay, so. we'll see. So at this point, I would love to uh, jump on and do a quick Instagram live. It's it's a bonus question for everyone listening. It's going to be about Bianca's uh, labor and birth experience. So for all your oh. mothers out there, I think uh-huh. it'll be worth tuning in. Any fathers? Any dads who have sat beside? <laughs> Any dads who have sat beside their their partners through uh, childbirth, this could be really interesting for you too. So, before we do that, uh, is there anything else that you would like to to say to the listeners, or anything that you would like to ask me before we wrap up? When's the last time? I know you've told us many a few stories today of like laughing. When's the last time you had a really really good belly laugh? Last week, so my wife and I often have a big belly laugh. I'm trying to remember what it was. She just gets into the silly mood. She calls herself a solutionist at times. It's generally after a red wine. And some of the things that she comes up with are just, 
I, I just can't help but laugh. And then we laugh at each other. And then the, the ridiculousness just piles on top of each other. So there was definitely massive big belly laughs around that last week. Uh, it, it's usually more often, but in the middle of moving house and the sleeplessness, the big belly laughs have been uh, a bit less. So it's, it's beautiful. Oh, to really? Sometimes delirium. Delirium sets in, and they. Yep, definitely had a lot of the delirious uh, big belly laughs. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, All right. Awesome. So for everyone listening, uh, yeah, we're going to do the Laffy Challenge. Oz, we're going to tag you. Uh, I'm super grateful for your time, and I just want to say, Bianca, you're a legend. You are a joyous, radiant, and empowering soul that the world needs more of. Keep shining your impactful light to the world, my girl. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's been such fun. There you go, legends. What a beautiful and joyous soul Bianca is. Make sure you check out the Laughy Oz Challenge and get on board and use hashtag the Laughy Challenge Oz. And that's in the show notes on this episode if you want to see it and click on it directly. I'll be doing mine very soon, the challenge, and I'm going to post it for everyone to see and for you all to have a big belly laugh with me or big belly laugh at me. Either way, you'll be feeling better from the laugh and that's what it's all about. Spread the awesomeness. Make sure you follow Bianca online uh, on Instagram at Bianca.Spears and her website, BiancaSpears.com, where you can find her YouTube channel and a lot more value that she's putting out into the world. Feel free to tag Bianca and I on Instagram stories or whatever platform you're on when you're listening to this and share it with someone who you believe will also get value from it. Who needs a big belly laugh? Who needs some laughter for wellness, for illness, for chronic stress, for burnout, for awesomeness, to feel freaking awesome? Keep thriving, legends. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.